It is the first episode of Podstream Live. I'm Ross Brand. My co-host is Michael Kenny. Welcome, Michael. How are you doing today? I'm good, Ross. How are you today? First show. Very exciting. Yeah. Can um, you call this a show, though? This is kind of more of a conversation, really, isn't it? I feel I like know. we always do a show when we have a <laughs> exactly. conversation. Our conversation is a show. Exactly. Even when we're not live streaming, we're just sort of <laughs> Skyping. Yeah. It's a show. It's, it's a show. A show. <laughs> so Fantastic. Are you're working from home, but then that's probably nothing new for you, and it's nothing new for me because we both do a lot of video production and some shows and different different creative outlets that we have at home. But working from home's pretty new to a lot of people uh, i imagine and now they're in a position where okay how do we use this live video thing how do we uh do a video meeting how do we sound good how do we look okay how do we come across professional how do we you know make the right impression on our colleagues or on our customers and I figure we could go through some of the things that, you know, we've learned along the way that would be great for people who are, are getting started with maybe the first time that they've had to use video other than, you know, FaceTiming a friend or family member or something like that. Exactly. And kind of what prompted me in terms of this uh, topic was watching the news and seeing a lot of subject matter experts now having to, you know, Skype in or use WebEx or some other streaming service into news shows to do interviews. Right. And I thought, I think a lot of people are having to do that now, as well as online teaching. Um, There's a lot of people going to be using live streaming online video. So I thought, why, why not for our first show, we talk about our experiences with live streaming and just give some tips in terms of equipment uh, in terms of things like backgrounds and other sort of techniques to help people right as they start <laughs> in in <laughs> on, in streaming for you know maybe a few months or who knows right 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 well one thing that i, I and this is maybe going a little bit ahead and then we come back but you you made me you made me uh think about it when you said backgrounds and that's the ability to use a green screen on some of these platforms. StreamYard, which we're using right now, has that ability. But I think Zoom has a background replacement. Some of the webcams have some technology built in. Not sure how accurate they are or whether they're the right thing for it or not. But the thing is, if your home office setting, perhaps it's in your bedroom, perhaps it's in a room that isn't really doesn't really look like an office well you can do what i've done here which is get a green screen right and then you can replace your natural background with something that is more suitable to what you're doing whether it's uh just something pleasant to cover up and like in my case i'm covering up a couple of doors and doorknobs and right. things that could be distracting but you might have uh you know, you might have kids playing behind or you may have something that doesn't speak to, OK, I'm the professional on camera right now. Right now, take take us through your journey, Ross, because, you know, you had a background before. So mm-hmm. what prompted you to go with the green screen? So I really went with it because StreamYard added it as a feature. And at first I was thinking, well, the natural background's what I've always done. It's what I'm comfortable with. People are seeing me in my work environment for better or for worse. (laughs) And then StreamYard added the feature and I thought, well, let me try it. I'm just interested. Let's see what I can do with it. And of course, I had fun putting myself in different cities around the world and stuff (laughs) like that. But that doesn't (laughs) always translate to uh, what we're doing here with with talk shows and such. Uh, But once I got used to it, I got used to not seeing as many distractions behind me. And I, I also have the ability to match the color to uh, the color of my guest. If I'm doing a show or to, if I'm talking about a book, there's a lot of different things you can do. And imagine if you had a green screen and you're, you're doing something on behalf of your company, you can actually really the green screen. What you're seeing here is just a 16 by nine image, a 1280 by 720 image. Right. And, so you could take a 
a slide, a, a keynote, a, you know, you could go into Photoshop, you could go into Canva, and you could you could create a, a, a colored background of any any color that you like, and then you could put your logos of your company up there, or you know, you could put a product that your company's promoting or whatever, and you could have that on a black background, a white background, a, you know, anything other than uh you know, than than something that clashes with the items that you put on there. But it, it's actually not very hard to create backgrounds. And I've, you know, I Pixabay, Unsplash have a lot right. of free images that, that you can use to do that. And yeah, I it, I love it. it. Yeah, no, a green screen gives you a lot of flexibility, tons of flexibility. The the trick with green screen is not to go overboard with it, right? Because right. I, I see some people not saying you, Ross, yours is very tasteful, <laughs> <laughs> but some people will go overboard and their green screen background be, will become so distracting. And you're looking at the background and you're looking at the picture and go, oh look, that's uh, you know, that's the the Leaning Tower of Pisa, <laughs> and, and then you're not listening to the content. So you have to sort of balance um, sort of the, the artistic taste with the content. Uh, what kind yeah. of green screen do you have, Ross? I have the Elgato green screen. It's one that is very easy to open and close. You just basically pull it up like you're pulling a shade. It's just the opposite of pulling, you know, instead of pulling the shade down, you pull this up. And then you can just push it back down and it closes and I can slide it under a bed or uh, in between right. items, you know, by the wall, whatever. It's very easy to use. It's it's nice quality. Um, it is definitely made to for uh, something that you would probably stand in front or put a product in front of. So I actually need to create an overlay here for our broadcast in which I tighten up the sizes of our image because i'm using a web webcam which is very wide angle wide angle yeah. but they sell some that are are wider green screens so if you know you don't want to go to that trouble or whatever you can get one that's wider and uh you know there's also it depends on what camera you're using and where you can position it if you want to stay within the green screen yeah that's the trick with um the elgato green screen um uh, and I actually have it here on my screen. I can show people if you want to. Sure. If I can share my screen. Let me go and share my screen. Which screen am I going to share? Screen, uh, screen, screen, share screens. I'll let you. Do I, can I? Hmm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh. Oh, share. Oh, security, security. I have to give permission. You know, I could share the green screen like this, too. I mean, yeah. Why don't you turn it off and show? Yeah, because you have it there. It's probably easier. Yeah, I was going to show it on uh, Amazon. So we do something like that. And then yeah. I could even for a second put myself on full screen so you can see outside well i've got an overlay over there but you get the idea yeah. that uh it's actually wider than what the camera angle you know it's wider than what you're yeah. seeing here so um, you're gonna yeah you're gonna end up um shooting off of it so that's right, why you're right. cropping it down yeah but, for the elgato it's really made for i mean well it yeah, was go. made originally for uh for game streaming where the shot's pretty tight usually like this you know, you have your, your if you're if you're uh, game streaming, you have your sh your headshot there in the corner or whatever, and then you have the game taking mm -hmm. up most of this. So they designed it, I think, to sort of in, with that in mind. Not so, I don't think they thought people would be moving around too much or or. But it's interesting though because wide uh, webcams are wide, yeah, they very wide angles. So you think anyway, they make it a little bigger. Yeah, I mean, I I tried using a camcorder with it, and the camcorder shot is very tight. But the yeah. overall picture quality, and I was surprised on this because I thought probably it would be right out of the box. The camcorder quality would be better, but actually the the webcam looks better. Yeah. Well, what's, what kind of web, what uh, camcorder do you have? I, I have a budget camcorder. I have the uh, Canon Vixia RF 800. Mm -hmm. 
So that's, you know, it's, it's an, it's an entry level mini camcorder. Right. Um, it's been fine when I've used it, you know, taking it out on shoots, but, uh, as far as using it here, it is a very narrow, uh, view, but that works with the green screen. It's more the picture, the, the color quality wasn't as good. And also using a capture card to bring in that video, it wasn't syncing with the audio. Yeah, it's a more complex setup when you're using a camcorder. Um, you need that intermediary, intermediate piece of technology, a capture card to connect it to the computer. And depending on the age of your camcorder, it can be hit and miss. Right. Um, so in terms of background, so yeah, there's the green screen, which I have an Elgato green screen. I think it's it's great. The thing mm-hmm. with green screen, like I said, you have to consider what you're putting on the green screen. But the the biggest um, point with green screen is lighting. Uh, you have to have even lighting on a green screen, right? In order for it to work really well. Now I know you have two lights in your setup. Yeah, I have the and- ones you recommended. My my background, for those who may not know, is in radio. So I'm still, as I've been live streaming for quite a while and doing a ton of live streaming, still learning about things like lighting. And uh, Michael recommended a couple of LED light panel uh, that I have on sitting on tripods. And while I didn't know exactly what the best setting would be, I did know from hearing from people that you want your light to be even. So I, I might yeah. have the wrong setting, but I have the exact same wrong setting on both of them. And we can always dial it in at, at another time. But like you said, I, I think the key is that they're even first and yeah. foremost. Yeah. It, it, even lighting is, is uh, even soft lighting is the best um, for green screen because you don't want to have um, shadows on it right? because it won't work properly. Um, another thing with green screen is your distance from the green screen. You don't want to be too close to it. Um, you want to be at least a couple of feet away from it because mm. what will happen is um, you can get what's called spill. So the light will reflect off of the green screen and onto you. And so you'll have some green on usually on the edges, like your shoulders. Right. And then when you go to, what we call pull the key to make the background transparent. The software sees the green on you and makes part of you transparent or gets confused. And you end up with sort of really blocky rough edges, which isn't the greatest. So that's another key with green screen is the distance and even lighting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, So let's, let's go back to the base, the real basics. Uh, We got into green screen because it was something that I thought of when uh, Michael mentioned backgrounds and it gave me the idea of how can you, if your background that you're using isn't super professional, uh, how can you replace that background? And a green screen is one way you can do it. But let's go back to the basics. Uh, Somebody really hasn't done a lot of online video. They're now working from home. They may have to join their team in a meeting. They may have to speak with their boss through video. They may have to do sales calls on on video, and they could be using a Zoom. You know, they could be using Skype. They could be using, you know, a proprietary uh, software that they're that's set up for their company. Uh, they could be using something like Streamyard or you know an ecam or but we're we're assuming that you're you're on either a laptop or a desktop computer and you have a built-in webcam and so i i guess what i'm what i'm wondering is where do you start what's the most important thing michael that you would do first in order to appear as a professional and make sure you either look or sound good well, you know, I always look at these things from sort of the simplest to the more complex. Mm-hmm. So in terms of simple, if you're in a room, whether it's a bedroom or an office or home office or even a living room, the number one thing is to minimize the distractions in the background. Now, unfortunately, with webcams, mm-hmm. they have such a wide shot, wide angle, and they keep so much of um, so many objects in in focus. So they they really focus on the background as well. Unlike say a DSLR camera that has a, you know, that has a, you can have different lenses and you can get right. depth of field to get that out of focus background. So you get more, but you can't, it's really difficult to do that with a webcam. 
So the, the number one thing is to, to look at your background and make it, you know, uh, try to get rid of the distractions. So straighten right. it up, try to get rid of the clutter. Um, that would be my number one tip. The other thing is, and, and here's what I would do. If you can't do that, then I would just look at like a very plain background. Right. Because it's just, a, you know, in an emergency, a wall <laughs> is fine because that puts the focus on you. But if you have right. a little time and you 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 want a little more production value, you could look at a, your your existing background and just look at, you know, making it less cluttered. Another trick, as you can see on my setup here, is I'm shooting to the to the corner of the room. Mm-hmm. Because shooting from corner to corner gives you the most distance. And you also get the converging lines. You can see the lines. (laughs) You can see the horizontal lines sort of bending, converging toward me. That creates a sense of depth for the viewer. So it just adds a bit more production value. And creating that depth puts more focus on you, the subject, which is the most important thing. So try to shoot to a corner. uh, Look at straightening straightening up your background. Look at your lighting, too. The last thing you really want to do is have a bright window or a bright light source behind you. Right. The brightest source in the room you want in, you know, you want sort of behind the camera and off to an angle if possible, or else you'll be in shadow. I did a whole um, video on my YouTube channel on getting really good quality webcam video. And I go through a whole bunch of tips. Um, I don't want to do a, you know, a shameless plug right no, now. No, but for people listening to the podcast, yeah. give out your, uh, Sure. If you go to youtube.com slash Michael Kinney, and if you go to the channel and just do a search for webcam video, it should, uh, it should come up. Nice. And I go through sort of four different sort of tips that you can use that, and, and sort of, they, they address the common mistakes I see when people do webcam video, whether it's for conferencing or if you're live streaming. I can run through those tips real quick if you want. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so the first one is the lighting, as I just mentioned. Make sure that the 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 primary light source in the environment, whether it's a sun coming through the window or a lamp or anything like that, is behind the camera and off to one side. So it's lighting you, the subject. Right. So it should be the light should be in front of you, not behind you. Yeah, because behind you, the webcam's going to the webcams are not very smart. They kind of just try <laughs> to make every picture look as best as it can. So what it'll do if it if it sees a light behind you, it's gonna iris down mm-hmm. and to get darker, and then you're gonna be in shadow, which right. I mean can work for certain things, I guess if you're doing like an anonymous sort of interview <laughs> or <laughs> want to show your face i mean there's a there's a purpose for it but usually you want the light source to be in front of you um the other tip one i've seen a lot lately as i've been watching a lot of news and people doing skype interviews is getting trying to get the camera at eye level i know when we have a tendency a lot of people are doing their live streaming on laptops in the laptop camera so the laptop camera is lower so you're looking down as you're doing the thing. Problem is, is the shot is not very flattering. Mm-hmm. It's kind of looking up your nostrils and, uh, you know, it's, it's just not flattering. So if you can <laughs> um, get something to prop or put the laptop on to get the camera to eye level, it's much better. And you make a much better connection with the viewer when you're at eye level. If you're another thing too, if you're looking down at the camera, you kind of have sort of a, kind of a bit of a superior kind of vibe, which is it's, it's more difficult to connect with you on camera in that kind of shot. So try to get the camera at, at eye level. Which and, also reminded me to actually look at the camera, which is, yeah. you know, we're sort <laughs> of a doing a podcast. We're doing a radio on TV style show. And so it's easy for me to not think about looking at the camera and because I'm using the green screen and the angle of this camera is so wide, I have it super close to me. And in order for that to work, it's higher than it would normally be. So it, there's quite a distance up from the from the computer monitor to the camera. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to stare at the camera the whole time. I mean, it depends what you're doing. It's nice right. to just check in with the uh, – because the camera lens is the audience. So it's nice to 
check in with the audience once in a while while, yeah. while you're live streaming. And certainly for people who are working, almost everybody, if you're in a, you know, a chat in, in, in uh, a Zoom chat or whatever, almost everybody's constantly looking at the monitor and they're watching the person yeah. talking in the monitor. Mm-hmm. But if you have something impactful to say and you actually look into the camera, that'll go well beyond the impression that other people are, are making if you just make an effort to do that even on your the key point that you're making or you're 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 it's time for that big ask that that yeah. you need to make of your boss or whatever and if at that very <laughs> right. time you're looking very sincerely into the camera that can make a difference from everybody else who's you know watching the yeah. you know the Google Hangouts on air thing where everybody's watching along the bottom like this thinking right. they're talking to the other person <laughs> yeah exactly well i mean the tip i give people because it, we have this tendency because video we associate with with television and movies and shows. And yeah, video is just a medium. It's a tool. And yes, you can use it to tell stories in the form of, you know, television series or, or news or whatever. But it is just a medium. And so I tell people when it comes to doing online video uh, in particular, to think of it more as a conversation than a presentation or, you know, a show. I mean, a show is really, in my mind, a format, right? It's a structure. I think in terms of of the feel of something, um, that's where you can talk about being formal, informal, conversational. And I tell people, just be conversational. Like we're, you know, like we are doing right now, right? It's like we're having a conversation talking about, about making video. I'm not reading the news. I'm not doing my newsreader voice. And you're not doing your sports voice and um it just checking out the chat ross have you seen the chat we've um we have dale uh, roberts here great to see self-published with Dale, who records his podcast every monday at noon on twitch uh also our friends from Streamyard stop by to say hello and uh, they'd love to know who's watching and checking this out as well. So if yeah, you're thanks here, for being here, yeah, do throw something in the chat, say hello, and uh, we'd love to give you a shout out and uh, take any questions that you have, whatever you might be dealing with in terms of your own video setup at home and how we might be able to help you uh, step things up in in how you're doing that and and like michael said uh you know the last thing you want to do is go into that i'm reading the news i'm uh (laughs) delivering the sports when you're having a conversation in a meeting you know don't say back to you boss (laughs) thank you ross yes thank you and next on the agenda we'll (laughs) be speaking about the quarterly report yeah (laughs) no i mean you could if you wanted to i'm sure that'd be hilarious in a in a corporate meeting. Uh, right. But just to let people know, uh, if you're lurking, that's cool. Let us know um, that you're just, you know, lurking and working, working and lurking. Maybe that's a new, <laughs> I think we came up with into a new title, Ross. I think that should be our slogan or working our, our tagline. Working and lurking. Hot stream mm-hmm. live. Yeah. For you, working and lurking. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. We got a left from Dale from Self Public. So. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. You may, may need to work on that a little bit. Because working and lurking is my jam. Yeah, exactly. So we talked about background. Anything else about the background? I kind of were jumping all over the place, but it's yeah. sort of your environment. And another thing, obviously, Ross, you're the audio guy coming from radio. What, what about some audio considerations in terms of the environment that people are, are live streaming or doing their video in? Well, I would say that... The easiest way to make a bad first impression or a bad impression on a customer or colleague or whatever is would be to have bad audio. And while most people might be talking through their webcam or their built in mic, that doesn't sound the best. And it's it's tough to sort of have that gravitas and have that presence if you're talking through a little tiny mic that's far away and not really well optimized for picking up and transmitting the human voice. Now, you may not want, particularly if you're not the boss, you may not want to have a big studio broadcast (laughs) mic in a, you know, 
as seen in, here in a corporate team meeting you you <laughs> might that might come off as you know hey i'm the king of the table here so uh, but a little lav mic like those little boya mics which i think are about 17 dollars. you can plug them right into i believe you can plug them right into your headphone jack on your computer uh or even using earbuds and just making sure that it isn't jangling you know when you're talking it isn't moving around because that creates distraction uh but even using earbuds or a head you know a little headset something that will pick up your voice and make make you seem closer and have a little more of a presence to what you say and you know your your tone and and the way your voice sounds is often as important as what you have to say and so if you want to stand out as wow that was a thoughtful well-prepared person even using a, like i say a little lav mic or using earbuds and talking into you know having the mic close from the earbuds or from some headphones have a little ear ear you know a little uh, mic that dangles or whatever as long as you don't have that flapping around making noise right. that's going to be like I say, even the earbuds are a huge improvement yeah. over your webcam. Uh, yeah. In fact, the, the difference between using your computer's built-in mic and using your earbuds is greater than the difference between using earbuds and using a professional microphone. That's yeah. how bad your built-in audio is. From right, because it, it, it's a function of the distance, right? Your, the microphone mm -hmm. is so far away on a webcam, so it's going to pick up the reverberation of your voice in the room, which makes it more echoey, which makes it more difficult to sort of understand what you're saying. And in terms of the lav mics as well, if you don't have um, a mini plug on your laptop to plug in the mic, you can get a USB converter. Basically, it, on one end, it has the inputs for the microphone, the little mini plug, and then it's USB on the other end, and you can just plug that into your computer. There's several you can find on uh, Amazon if you just do a search for USB interfaces, audio interfaces. Yeah, and the lav mics are fairly inexpensive mm -hmm. for this purpose. I might not recommend those lav mics if you're recording a podcast. You either need a lot more, you know, a lot more expensive lav mic, or you may want to go to a a mic like something that we're using or a USB mic that's a handheld. But for the purpose of just having a better presence in, in a business meeting and presenting yourself, if you're doing a training uh, or anything like that, I think uh, a lav mic is a, is a great option. And like I say, you can get a fairly inexpensive one that will still make a huge difference over your webcam or your, your computer's built-in mic. Yeah. And um, I guess a step up from that is uh it's kind of between that and you know a more sort of professional microphone is an nt uh, nt that's the brand a usb mic like right. the rode nt usb because that's sort of my go-to mic that i use a lot that's why it's on top of mind um the blue yeti is another one um there's there's several models but they're really easy to use they're good quality uh usb so it's easy to uh plug into your computer and you can get those microphones fairly close to your mouth um, without being too prominent and get pretty good sound, right. um, I've found. So if you're looking for sort of better quality um, audio, and I find also with the lav mics, depending on what you're wearing, hmm. you can get clothes, you know, rustling and things like that, uh, where with a mic that's, you know, uh, that's off, <laughs> off of your body, basically, you don't run into that right. uh, situation. The the problem with the what's called a condenser mic, there's basically two major classifications of microphones. There's dynamic mics, which are like the mics that we're using right now that are made to basically reject noise that isn't close to the mic. And right. condenser mics, which are often used by singers, studio recording, they're used in TV to pick up sound from a bit of a distance. They're very sensitive to sound. So if you go with something like a Blue Yeti or uh, another condenser mic like that, the thing you may like about it is you don't have to have it right up this close for it to pick you up. 
but it will also be sensitive to picking up your keyboard if you're typing and other room noises. So one, you have to put it on the correct settings, but two, you have to be aware that that is a risk that you're taking with those, those mics versus uh, a dynamic mic. And one dynamic mic that's USB, it's easy to use, is the Samson Q2U. Yep. which really sounds really yeah, good, good for and, for the price and for the yeah. fact that it's a USB mic. You don't need a mixer. You don't need anything else. You plug it in USB. You select your mic when you go into whatever platform you go into. Uh, your mic or your audio input are the same thing. And then you also select your audio output or what you're listening through. And if you're using one of those USB mics, you can plug headphones or earbuds right into that mic because the mic itself basically serves as an audio interface. Um, it, it's where the transition from digital to analog and analog to digital is taking place right in that mic. So you can listen through the mic. So you would actually select the mic as your audio output or your speaker as you go into a platform. Yeah, it's very easy to use and um, great. The the Samsung Q2U has great sound quality. It's sort of what I recommend for people who are just starting in podcasting or right. are looking for a live streaming mic um, because, you know, being a dynamic mic, it does reject the noise, the background noise very well, and the sound quality is great. The only thing I found with this Samsung Q2U, nothing's perfect, right, Ross? Right, right. Is the pop filter that you get with it. This thing here on my microphone, mm-hmm. if you... People in the podcast can't see it, but it, it's a, a black sort of foam attachment for the microphone that rejects or, or helps um, reduce what are called plosives, the P's mm-hmm. and the B's and that kind of thing. Um, the Samsung Q2U comes with one, but I find it's not that effective. Uh, I've had to actually use another pop filter <laughs> in front of it if I'm doing like really close work with it. Mm. From a distance, it's fine. Um, but that's the only sort of down downside of it. But it's a it's an excellent excellent microphone. I know that's what you started with when you were doing your live streaming. Yeah, right? I used that for all my stuff for like two years, I think, and it was great. Yeah, I can't can't complain about it at all. Yeah, um, you'll get a you'll get a very good, almost broadcast quality sound out of that mm-hmm. mic with uh, very little effort. (laughs) But you have to keep it close to you. If you keep it far, it's not going to pick you up. But unlike the mics that we're using, it has has a smaller footprint. It looks more like the mic that a lead singer of a rock band would sing into than it looks like uh, the mic that would be hanging in your radio station. (laughs) Yeah, and and just let's talk about that because we sort of talked about the sort of the the lav mic as kind Mm -hmm. of like a good sort of basic start then we went to the usb condenser microphones and then the usb um dynamic the the samsung q2u they're kind of all together right and now when we're looking at our microphones right now i'm using this is the rode procaster and i know you're rocking the uh sure sm7b right and the microphones are great they're professional quality but they require more gear to operate Right. Um, like you're, I know Ross, you have, you're going into a mixer, right? I'm going into a mixer slash audio interface slash recorder. Right. Um, so this is a pretty involved device with a lot of menus. Um, it's great cause it's small and I can take it with me on the road as well as use it as the home, uh, my home base, right. uh, my, the hub of my, my audio at home. Uh, but basically you need to plug uh, either of the mics that we're using into either an audio interface or a mixer. Most of your modern mixers that you would buy contain an audio interface, and most of your audio interfaces contain at least some mixing capability. It's more a form factor thing. Um, certainly, the audio interfaces are a lot less intimidating to use if you're new to it because the mixers have all these different dials on them and yeah. you hit the wrong one, you can send yourself the wrong way. And if you're not spending a ton of money, then you're probably going to get a better mic preamp. What powers the mic is That's going to be part. better quality on an audio interface because there's just so many fewer moving parts that they need to design in an audio interface. Well, that's the key part with 
uh, interface and a mixer, in my opinion, right. is the preamp, right? I know the SM7B because I have one as well. Um, the, the thing with dynamic mics, at least these particular dynamic mics, they because what makes them so great at rejecting the noise is the fact that they're kind of the elements that capture the sound kind of sit still. Right. And it takes the voice power to actually get them moving and produce a signal. And so you need so the signal itself when you're talking to these mics is pretty low. So you need you need to boost it. You need to amplify it. And that's what a preamp does. So that mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's you, it gets to a decent level. I know with the Shure SM7B, it needs a lot of gain. Um the Procaster yeah. is kind of is is not as much. It's kind of in the neighborhood. It doesn't need quite as much gain as the SM7B, but it still needs quite a bit. And if you're using like the Mix Pre Three from Sound Devices that I'm using, or the Rodecaster Pro from Rode that that Michael's using, you probably have enough. I mean, I certainly have more than enough gain. I think Michael's got more than enough gain on his his mixer audio interface in order to power that mic. But if you're using these mics with some of the audio interfaces out there, you may need uh, additional gain beyond what the interface can provide. And that means uh, something what's called a cloud lifter, mic activator, fathead. I, mm-hmm. I, I only know, I, I don't really know that, that they're known for any sort of name that describes what they do. Uh, some <laughs> call them mic activate. Basically, they give you extra gain. They give you extra, yeah. ex, they boost your mic without adding any extra noise if they yeah. work well. Because that's the, that's the issue with um, the dynamics is if you don't have enough gain and you start turning up the gain on your interface or your mixer, you'll start to introduce noise, that right. hiss sound, which isn't isn't very good so that's why you want to get a good you need a nice healthy signal coming in um to your um or coming in or coming out of your uh device your usb interface or your mixer and so things like the cloud cloud lifter and the fed head will boost the signal coming from your mic in line so before it gets to the to the interface or the mixer and then yeah i guess something i want to ask you about is cameras uh do you think Mm. the camera the webcam in a laptop or desktop computer is good enough for business meetings sales calls things like that or do you think people would be better off getting themselves something like the logitech c920 or 922x and having that sharper quality video having that more professional looking video well, it again, it depends on your purpose. The mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the Logitech C920. Mm-hmm. I've had that thing for years, and you know, with the right lighting, with it, it needs a lot of light. If you give it good light, right. it looks amazing. Um, as well as the C922, which I think that's what you're using, isn't it? I'm using the C922X. Yeah. yeah, they're great. They're I mean, they 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 do HD, they do 1080p. Um, 30 frames per second, which is fine in my opinion for most things. If particularly if you're doing business meetings, it's more than enough. Right. Um. Yeah. I mean, the challenges with those cameras, like I said, is the lighting. They need decent light, and I find they look the best um, with natural light. Mm-hmm. Um. But you can, you know, you can use any kind of lighting with them. Right. Right. So I think the quality is good enough, and it's a good starting. Um, I think it's a good starting tool for people because they're very versatile. You can use them for Skype calls or conferencing, but you can also use them for recording videos. You can use them for live streaming. Very, you know, inexpensive in terms of all the value you get out of them. Right. Um, so now if you want to step up into something like what I'm using, I'm using a, uh, a mirrorless DSLR. This okay. is a Sony Sony. Alpha 5100. It's a few years old, actually. I think these came out in 2014 or 2015. But I'm using this connected to... Now, in order to, to use this in the setup, I have it connected to a a capture card, basically an interface that allows the signal from the camera to come out and into the computer. So it, it actually the computer is thinking it's a webcam. And basically, basically, yeah. The camera thinks it's a webcam. Or the computer thinks it's a webcam. Now, this setup is, you know, it's more expensive. It's more 
little more complicated, but you get the versatility of being able to use different lenses, getting, you know, better picture quality, getting the, you know, you're able to get the, the background out of focus, all that kind of stuff. Is that necessary for a business meeting? Probably so. not. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, even for doing this show, I'm using yeah. a Logitech webcam. So yeah. a lot of people even make YouTube videos with the webcams. Mm-hmm. They're very mm-hmm. easy to set up. They're, yep. you know, you don't need any extra software. Your audio and video should be in sync, hopefully, if you're using a webcam. Now, do you have to take any steps to sync your audio and video when you're using the the mirrorless camera? No, I'm my, the the interface I'm using is the I guess it's pronounced Aja, A J A, UTAP, mm. and uh, it's been excellent. So it just basically the camera come the it's you plug in the HDMI output from the camera, right, into the the UTAP. And then the UTAP goes into the computer through USB 3. So it's like it's a webcam. And I haven't had any issues with sync with, with this particular box. I know some people have had problems with other. I'm wondering other if because I have an older laptop that maybe just USB 2.0. Yeah, probably. If that's where it's taking place or if it's my capture card. And that is because yeah. a lot of people like using the, uh, they, the Elgato cam link, mm-hmm. which is designed for gamers who have fast moving stuff going on and right, whatever. And, and they, they've said that that re- works really well and doesn't require a lot of, a, a lot of effort to sync that up. Yeah, it might be, it probably is uh, the USB three versus the USB two. You should be using USB three because it has the bandwidth that can handle the signal. Now is USB three? That's not USB C, right? It's a USB A that's faster, or is USB three USB C? No, it's not the same as USB three. It's it gets confusing. USB USB three USB three point looks like what we've traditionally thought of as USB. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and so it's. It, but your computer has to be set for that or can, can it, or is it work on any computer? No, you have to have USB three cards for interfaces. So USB three is also downward compatible for USB two. So you can plug in a USB two device into a USB three socket. And will it still be faster or then? No, because the, the goes, it only goes as fast as the slowest thing in the chain. So, so USB getting two. something that's USB three right now wouldn't do any good for me in terms of syncing it up with my computer if that's where the issue is, and it may well, not be where the issue is. Yeah, well, is your it's a matter of your computer having USB three. You know, so. I have to check on that. I have a 2015 computer, so I don't know whether that you would should. Happen. It should be. You can. You have a Mac, right? You're yeah, a MacBook. MacBook Pro. Yeah, you can do like up in the corner and do a look at the uh, system. What is it up in the Apple? <laughs> Are you about hearing that Mac, about my... this Mac? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 about this Mac. And you can see your your uh, interfaces. If you got, you should have it on that. That would be in displays or overview. Oh, uh, pardon us, folks, as we uh, yeah. I, as I tech support here for as I, as I handle <laughs> the host is just going to handle his own business. You uh, talk amongst uh, yourselves. Tech support here, uh, here at the Genius Bar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, um, you know, one one thing I since we're on this, although this probably goes beyond what anybody who's using video for work goes, but since we're talking about cameras. Why would you choose a DSLR versus choosing uh, a mirrorless? Uh, or why would you choose a, a mirrorless or DSLR versus choosing a camcorder? Is probably the question I really wanted to ask. <laughs> uh, for me, it's just I think it's the flexibility and the quality of the lenses. It's mm-hmm. interchangeable lenses. Um, you're able to you're able to with with a camcorder you're able to zoom in and zoom out to frame. But you'll be hard pressed to get that uh, defocused background with a camcorder uh, because of the size of the sensor and the way that the lens is is made. 
with a mirrorless, you have access to better lenses that are, you know, they can let in more light um, and you're able to get that defocused background. So, you know, I just kind of wanted to step up the quality in my case. And actually I had this camera kind of sitting around and I thought, hmm, maybe I could, I could try to make this into sort of my studio camera. And so then, you know, I, I got the other pieces and put it together, but that's really the only reason a camcorder can work fine. And again, it's, you know, it's all a matter of what you're trying to do. Now, with a camcorder, you're locked in, basically. I mean, I guess you can add lenses to a camcorder with adapters, or that's not too smart a way. Well, to... it's, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that becomes too much trouble, more trouble than mm-hmm. it's worth. Because I mean, I'm pr- thinking, the price of, sh- yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just saying the prices of, of uh, mirrorless DSLRs, you know, they're coming down. There's so many on the market. Um, and even uh, some of the, even some of the webcams are getting better, a lot better. Right. right. Um I haven't tried the Logitech Brio, but I've heard great things about it from people who've been who've upgraded from the C920 or 922 to the Brio, and they've said, "Wow, this is this thing's incredible." Yeah, it is. It is really nice. I have one, and uh, because it's a 4K webcam, so mm-hmm. it's got a 4K sensor in it, so it, it's going to be better. I don't, I don't use it at 4K. I don't think a lot of people right. do. Um, usually, use it at 1080p, but that down sampling from 4k to 1080p gives you a nice, nice picture. Now the only issue and several people have mentioned this and I've experienced this with the Brio is the color, the color out of the box is a little, I find a little oversaturated. So it's kind of strange. So if you're going to use a Brio, I highly suggest you get some, and I highly suggest for anyone using webcam for, for anything to get uh, some software Mm -hmm. to control your webcam. Um, there's a couple, there's a couple of pieces. There's some paid software and free software. I know on the Mac side, there's webcam settings that you can get in the, in the, um, the, not the, in the app store, I guess is what they call it now. And, um, that'll help you tune your webcam and it works with the Logitech cameras, right? But Logitech has their own free webcam control software. And here's the thing though. They they had a version of it called webcam or settings or something, and they got rid of it, and then it went away. And people were wondering where's the software, and they couldn't <laughs> find it. They they repackaged it, or they put the functionality into another piece of software called Logitech Gaming Software. Mm. So you can see people get confused when they go to the Logitech site and they're looking for you know control software to control their webcam for right, Skype right. or whatever. And it's not there and they see gaming software. Well, I don't want to do gaming, so that must not (laughs) be for me. But in fact, that is the software now that you use with Logitech cameras to control the cameras. Right, right. So it's, yeah, it's it's counterintuitive. But overall, if you get some software, um, get some uh, webcam control software, it's a good thing. Because then you can tune things like white balance Mm -hmm. and focus and... In some cases, you can make the shot wider or, you know, sort of you can tighten in. Right. So it's a good idea. So now that I had more issues with the camcorder than with the webcam for getting nice looking colors and so forth, would you say with a mirrorless, even an entry level mirrorless, I would get a better picture out of the box than a camcorder or webcam or would it require a fair amount of uh changing on settings and things like that to dial it in to where I would want it to be. Um no, I think out of the box it's it would be better, but it would be even you know, you get even better value if you got in and learned how to, you know, tune it to right, do some manual right. stuff. Uh I think it's important. Then you can really get a nice picture. And I would get a wider angle. So if I like the maybe not quite as wide as the webcam but not nearly as close in as tight in as the uh, as the camcorder. A, a mirrorless would be a nice in between on that, depending on what lens you got. Yeah, they usually come. Well, you can get them with sort of a kit lens, what's called a kit lens that is a zoom. Mm-hmm. So you can go. I think some of them go. I think this Sony, the kit lens went as wide as fifteen, which is wow. pretty wide. And I think it would go it. it zoomed into 85 which is 
which is kind of like a semi telephoto. But those the the zoom lenses, the kit lenses aren't as great quality as if you mm-hmm. get um, what are called prime lenses. Prime lenses basically are a set focal length. Mm-hmm. They don't zoom. So, for example, on my camera I'm using right now, it's a 19 millimeter wide angle lens, and it doesn't zoom. It's 19 millimeter. <laughs> so, if you know if I'm too close, I got to back up, or I have to get you know I have to move basically. Or you to have to reposition the camera, or you have to reposition the camera. So it's a fixed lens. It's a, fi- a fixed focal length. So, but with that, usually you're able to get better optics in the lens. Mm-hmm. And um, you're able to have what's called a faster lens where it lets in more light. So you can shoot in lower light situations and you're able to get that that out of focus background that everybody loves so much. So if you're starting with a mirrorless or DSLR for the first time, maybe you want to get the kit lens and then see what angles you're shooting at, see what what where you're setting your lens most of the time or the shots that where you would set it for the shots that you want before you invest in a prime lens, because yeah. if you invest in something that isn't really right for what you're doing, mm-hmm. just because you think that's what you might need, you might end up not getting the value out of it. Yeah. Than if you wait a bit. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Use, use the kit lens, the zoom lens and set your shot and then look at the barrel of the lens and see what this, you know, what the numbers are saying. If it's right. saying, you know, 20 or something like that, then try to find a prime lens that's around 20. And that, and so you can kind of figure out what you need in terms of the focal length of the prime lens. Right, right. Yeah, the camcorder is going to be like probably 35 or 36 or something to start right out of the box. And then you can't get any more narrow, uh, any more wider than that. What would you say a webcam is? Because <laughs> it's so wide angle. Yeah, um, depends. I think they're probably around, mm, could be 16, right? maybe 15, 16, 17. Um, it's hard to say. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty wide. Uh, but I think it's, you know, it's in order, because they don't know what you're going to use it for. Right, right. <laughs> right? It's, so, it's so multi-purpose. It's better to have a wider lens than, than a, a narrower lens. Um, right. It's just more flexible. Um, it's because... not bad if you're doing it. It's actually not bad taking it with you to do a, a remote. If you're going to have s- different guests joining you and people mm-hmm. sitting with you, because yeah, exactly. it really is wide enough to get everybody to get like three people sitting next to each other. If you're going back and forth doing interviews, you can right. actually get everybody into the shot. Exactly. With, with it. Um, exactly. But uh, yeah, yeah I'm curious. We definitely took this from what was a kind of we thought about a beginner course and we ended up taking this probably to uh, an intermediate level or advanced level with some things. But uh, feel free to drop questions in the chat here or uh, reach out to us on social media. Our different social handles are available and we'll be happy to follow up and uh, either address it with you directly or more likely uh, it'll be a topic we bring into tomorrow's show because Podstream Live, as of right now, is set as a daily show, something uh, we hope becomes a part of your day, something we were crazy enough to agree to before we thought it through. What what were we thinking, Ross? (laughs) You thought that this morning too, right? We we can't we can't unpush that button now. Right, so. <laughs> it's fine. No, I'm. You know what? I'm I'm excited about this. I think this is. I know we've been talking about this for a while, yeah. And I think that circumstances as they are, uh, it I think it was a good time to launch this. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, you know, not not to dwell on what's going on, but. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a weird, it's weird. That's understatement. It's a, it's a very challenging situation right now. And I think, and I can't speak for, for Ross here, but I felt the need to, to contribute somehow, um, to provide people with some content as they're at home working, looking for something to do. 
And, uh, you know, Ross and I, we've known each other for a bit now online and we love talking about creating video. We love talking about live streaming and podcasting and online video. And we thought, you know what, we should just pull the trigger on this and let's just, you know, doesn't have to be perfect out of the right. gate. Let's just, <laughs> let's just go and we can, you know, we can improve as we go. And that's sort of our goal. So yeah, we're going to be doing this <laughs> every day, 2 PM Eastern talking about all kinds of stuff and uh ross what what do you, you have any ideas for tomorrow's show tomorrow's show uh, <laughs> for the next show <laughs> for the next one tomorrow um you know I, i'm gonna think about what i'm working on and what what people are talking about online and also if there's any news in the in mm-hmm. the industry um i think some of our shows will be a little bit of a how-to or a little bit of an introduction to the concepts and things to think about, like if you are doing online video from home. But some days uh, there might be something that catches our eye on YouTube or on Twitch here or on another channel, and we said, let's talk about what that person's doing. We like what they're doing, or we don't like what they're doing, or it triggers a, a bigger discussion about what works and doesn't work in online video. Or it just might be that one of these platforms makes a, a big change or a new right. a new feature comes along and and people want to talk about it. And we want to know from you guys what you want exactly. to hear. I mean, yeah. we want the show to be something that you look forward to having on either while you're working at home or you're taking your lunch break or, you know, you have some free time and we want it to be a way that you feel you have conversation in your life. And that's what I love about live streaming and podcasting is it's a way to connect with people, even if you can't be together in person, particularly during, during this time where we're all hopefully being cautious and following along with the guidelines that the the government's giving, because we don't know what the situation is, but we, we want to err on the side of being overly cautious so that if this thing is really spreading as they say it is, and I have no reason to doubt that, or it's even spreading more so because so few people have, at least in the United States, been tested, I think this is a great time uh, to stay home, to, to, do, to social distance, to follow all the guidelines. Go, go a step further than you think you have to, not a step less than than you're being recommended to do if that makes sense and and i don't want to sound like i'm preaching to people on what to do but i i really think that we'd rather go okay we overreacted and we didn't need to go so far than to go than to think in a month or two gee we didn't go far enough <laughs> yeah and you know one thing i just want to, to to add to that ross and i think it's important to make this distinction you know, I don't, they call it social distancing, but I don't think of it that way. And I don't think people should think of it that way. Think of it as physical distancing. Right. Because we don't want to social distance. We want to continue to be social with each other. Right. And, you know, we're being social right now. We're, we're using technology that we have. And I mean, it's amazing that we have this technology that we're able to be social and still connect right. with our friends and with our family, with our colleagues. So, don't think social distance because I think people think social social isolation. Right. And that's not what it's about. It's about physical distancing. But remain social. Right. Reach out. Talk to your friends, family, colleagues. Make some content. Get out there. If you're a content creator, a live streamer, you know what? The world needs you more than ever. So yeah. get out there. Share your content. Share your talent uh, with the world because – you know, we could use it right now. I want to say a quick hello to Stacy Greenberg. You see her channel is I and D L L C. She was at Podfest. She actually won a ticket coming on uh when when uh the founder of Podfest, Chris Gramitzos, was on my show. She won a ticket and then we did a StreamYard giveaway and she won that as well and won wow. a Samsung U2U a uh, microphone and a boom arm. So it's great to see Stacy here and uh, good to see. Uh, Congratulations, Stacy. Between six and, and eight people here for a first time on Twitch. That's probably more than people showed up for uh, all six to eight of my live streams <laughs> on my own channel. So get- <laughs> it's, it's great to see people here. And this came together pretty quick. I mean, 
I maybe maybe I should do a show later on how to create how to put together a <laughs> Twitch channel in a morning. I think by tom- <laughs> by by tomorrow we should have a course out on how to succeed oh. on Twitch. Everything you need to know to have a popular Twitch show. Yeah, by the end of the week, <laughs> this channel's gonna be rocking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, I'm Ross Brand. He's Michael Kenny. It's so great to have you with us today, and we look forward to seeing you back tomorrow, two p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we'll talk to you then. Take care, everybody. We'll see you then. Take care.